0: Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Friday, November 11th. It's not February 2nd, but it does feel like Groundhog's Day. That's because we are still waiting on Arizona and Nevada to learn which party will control the United States Senate. Here's the basic math, folks. If Arizona and Nevada When all is said and done and the races are projected, split, meaning the Democratic candidate wins one, the Republican candidate wins the other. Well, then they will not help us know which party controls the United States Senate because it'll all come down to the December 6th runoff in Georgia. However, if either the Democrats or the Republicans win both of those Western states in Nevada and Arizona, then the outcome of Georgia will be irrelevant to which party controls the United States Senate. So that's the moment we find ourselves in with these two sort of hanging Western states when it comes to the Senate contests. And because Georgia very well may be determinative with the results of the December 6th runoff, you can imagine that not just the candidates themselves and their campaigns, Warnock and Walker, but the national parties are beginning to descend upon Georgia to prepare for that potential eventuality. Give a listen to Raphael Warnock, the Democratic incumbent senator, and his Republican challenger, Herschel Walker, in Georgia yesterday. So I'm going to need you to stick with me for four more weeks. Can we do that? He hung around and got into this runoff, and he thinking he's going to win. We need to prove him wrong and let him get out of that office. As for those races out west, let's start in Arizona and where we are at the time of this recording, about 3.40 p.m. Eastern on Friday, in that Senate race between the Democratic incumbent Mark Kelly and the Republican challenger Blake Masters, we see that Kelly has maintained about 114,000 vote lead, which is where he is right now over Masters in that race. That is significant. However, our estimate is that some 540,000, 40,000 votes are still outstanding in Arizona, so still haven't been counted that we think are out there. And that's just an estimate. And the majority of those, 350,000 of them, we believe, are in Maricopa County, the state's largest county, the most populous county where Phoenix is located. And just to drill down a little further, of all that outstanding vote in Maricopa County, 290,000 of it, so the Vast majority of the outstanding vote in this critical county are these 290,000 ballots that are same-day drop-off ballots, meaning people voted their mail ballot and on election day went to a voting center and dropped off their ballot. Now, we have not seen the results or any tabulation of that kind of vote yet. So... Earlier today on CNN, we heard from the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, Bill Gates, who explained that in the vote batch we will get tonight from Maricopa, roughly half, just about a majority of it, will be from that bucket of 290000 same-day drop-off ballots, which means we're going to get our very first insight and hint about how those ballots are splitting between the candidates. And that may, that information may, put this race in possible realm of being projected. As for the governor's race in Arizona between Democrat Katie Hobbs and Republican Carrie Lake, that is a much closer affair. Hobbs, the Democrat, is in the lead, but does not have as sizable a lead, as does Mark Kelly in the Senate race. And Carrie Lake, as you know, is a 2020 election denier. And she's now starting to sort of lay the groundwork for calling into question the results in this race, even though there is zero suggestion or zero evidence of any significant or relevant fraud in this race. Here's what Carrie Lake told Charlie Kirk on his conservative right wing talk show on Thursday. Quote, they don't want to put out the truth, which is that we won. I mean, that's just false. We don't know who won that race yet. And I can assure you that elections officials in Arizona only want to put out the truth, which means they want to finish tabulating the votes and reporting these vote totals accurately. Here's what Carrie Lake said on Newsmax on Thursday night. They're dragging their feet and, and they're slow rolling the results and they're trying to delay the inevitable. I, I have very little faith in, in some of the people that are operating that that uh, Maricopa County elections. I think they're incompetent. It takes time to count all these ballots. Just like I was talking about those same-day drop-off ballots, Maricopa County has seen a 70% increase in that kind of voting, same-day drop-off from what they had seen before. Chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, Bill Gates, on CNN on Thursday, responding to those comments by Carrie Lake. It's really sad to hear that we have the Republican nominee of governor For governor here in Arizona, who's talking like that? All the people here in Maricopa County elections—they're working 14 to 18-hour days every day. And I understand that Carrie Lake wants us to move quickly, and a lot of people do. But you know what's more important is that this is done accurately. As for Nevada, CNN's current estimate is that there are fewer than 100,000 votes left to count in Nevada. The critical race we're watching there is that Senate race between the Democratic incumbent, Catherine Cortez Masto, and Republican challenger Adam Laxalt. Adam Laxalt is currently ahead by a little less than 9,000 votes in this race at this time. About half of the remaining ballots are from the state's largest county, Clark County, and that includes Las Vegas. Clark County official Joe Gloria said there will be updates later tonight from Clark County. Now, it's important to note that Nevada allows mail-in ballots to be received through Saturday as long as they were postmarked by Election Day. Though we believe the mail that is trickling in now, this late in the game, are very few votes at this point. Here's what Clark County official Joe Gloria said at a press conference earlier today. We're continuously trying to educate voters in that we're not purposely holding this process back. We're doing everything in our power to move ballots forward just as quickly as we can. But the statutory deadlines that we have in place, I can't do, finish all the mail until it all comes in. I can't finish until Saturday, even if I wanted to. Meanwhile, in the battle for control of the United States House of Representatives, we are inching closer to that 218 mark and Republicans are in the lead. So in our called races right now, 211 seats have been called for Republicans. 199 seats have been called for Democrats. So Republicans are just seven seats away from the majority. There are 25 uncalled House races. And here is the reality, folks. It is far more likely that the Republicans are going to be the majority party in the House They are much closer in the called races. And I think even if you were to look at which party is currently leading in the uncalled races, if the vote were to basically stop now and and it ended the way it looks right now on the leaderboard in these uncalled races, you would have a Republican majority totaling at about two hundred and twenty one seats if you just looked at which party is leading in those uncalled races right now. So if that is the outcome Kevin McCarthy is going to have a very, very narrow majority, which is a twofold problem, because first, he will need to scramble to secure 218 votes of those 221, if that's what it ends up being, to actually become speaker. And then the second problem is, if he is speaker, that he's going to have to govern with such a narrow majority, and that means that every individual member of the conference is its own power center. When you're dealing with that narrow of a majority, just a handful of House members from your own party can choose to buck leadership and exact demands. And so that's first going to happen for McCarthy in his battle for the speakership. And then if he gets there, it's going to happen to him as he attempts to govern. Speaking to demands, listen to what Congressman Matt Gates, Republican of Florida, said on his Rumble channel on Wednesday night. With such a slim majority, we shouldn't be starting the C-team. We need to put our star players in a position to shine brightest so that we can attract more people to our policies and ideas. Here's how McCarthy addressed the topic on Fox News last night. Look, I'm not concerned. Think about this. Since I've been leader for the last four years, we've only gained seats. We want to have a very open input process. We're going to have a smaller majority. So we're going to find that we work together. And here's McCarthy trying to put his best spin on a far less robust victory than he expected. What was our mission? To win the majority, to stop Biden's agenda, and fire Nancy Pelosi. All of that is accomplished. They don't give gavels out by small, medium, and large. They just give you the gavel, and we're (laughs) going to be able to govern. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. You can count on CNN to bring you the absolute latest on where these key races stand. Go to cnn.com or listen to the Five Things podcast for updates. We will bring you the very latest vote totals and the overall balance of power as we count the votes. CNN Political Briefing is a product of CNN Audio. Abby Swanson is our executive producer, Greg Peppers is our supervising producer, Fez Jamil is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Krista Bow and Taylor Galgano. We'll be back Monday.